Thanks for listening to The Career Planning Show, hosted by Alex Rishkanu and sponsored by Staples Studio. You can listen to a new episode every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any other platform where podcasts are played. If you'd like to ask a question, please submit it at www.rascanu.com forward slash The Career Planning Show. Louise Claire Johnson is a Toronto-based writer and the author of Behind the Red Door. Her work has appeared in the Globe and Mail, the Huffington Post, and Darling Magazine. Featured by Notable as a young professional to watch, she is a graduate of the Richard Ivey School of Business and Harvard University. Louise has studied and worked in Hong Kong, Switzerland, New York, and Boston. Louise hosts the Word Weaver podcast, where she interviews authors and shares writing advice. After six years as a marketing manager at Elizabeth Arden in Switzerland and New York, where she cultivated 360-degree cosmetic skincare and fragrance campaigns, Louise took a left turn in her career to follow her dream of becoming a writer. I've been listening to Louise's The Word Weaver podcast for a few months now, and I appreciated the opportunity to interview her for the career planning show. We discussed her career journey, the most joyful as well as the most difficult aspects of becoming a published writer, and the habits that you can use if you are dreaming of writing your first book. Hear Louise Claire Johnson's career journey and writing insights for yourself. Welcome to the Career Planning Show. Our guest today is Louise Johnson. How are you, Louise? I'm great. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for being with us. You just released your first book, Behind the Red Door. How does it feel? It feels incredible. I'm still kind of riding the high. The book just came out a couple days ago. And I think for anybody, if you've ever achieved a goal or kind of reached the apex of what you've always dreamed of doing, it's the most exciting feeling. You feel a lot of relief, a sense of pride, accomplishment. But then it's also tinged with a little bit of bittersweetness because I've been carrying this book, working on this book for so many years, and now... It no longer belongs to me, but to all of you listening out there and all of the readers. So it's exciting that I can kind of pass on the torch a little bit. Mm-hmm. A lot of exciting emotions, though. That's great. If we take a step back and think about the time when you were 18 and you moved from Toronto to New York, um, Manhattan specifically, to pursue an internship at a company founded by someone who you now wrote a book about. Mm-hmm. That must have been a really thrilling experience. How did you even decide to go on that path? And, and can you walk us through your journey from that time up until today? Definitely, yeah. I've always loved to write, but in high school, and as I grew older and became subject to these emotions of logic and realism and having to make a financially successful choice for my future... I never equated job with joy. So I didn't think I could make a career out of reading and writing Hmm. at a young age. So for me, I chose to study business. It's a vague umbrella term that I thought could give me an array of job prospects after graduation, and then I could figure it out. Hmm. So in university, I studied business. I got an undergrad degree from the Richard Ivey School of Business at Western University in London, Ontario. 
And while I was there, while I was checking out the business school, I went to a student alumni event and all of these alumni were kind of handing out business cards. And that's where, unbeknownst to me, I met the CEO at the time of Elizabeth Arden. Interesting. He thought I was in university. I was still in high school trying to figure out which university I wanted to go to. So he had no idea. So I got this business card and he's like, we offer internships. You should consider applying. But I had to wait two and a half more years to apply. I wasn't eligible yet until I was at university. I kept that business card taped to my bulletin board and just thought, oh, this is an amazing opportunity to go to New York. And that's when I started discovering who Elizabeth Arden was. She was actually a real person, had no idea. And so I was more fascinated by the woman behind the brand, not necessarily the beauty industry. Mm-hmm. It was a marketing internship. And for me, marketing was the most creative department or avenue yes. from business. Yes. But it was still in that vein, in the business realm. So. That's how I first found out about the internship. Two and a half years later, I applied, I interviewed, and got this dream internship in a dream city. And I was so excited to go to New York for the first time. I lived at NYU, New York University, summer housing. They rent out their dorms to interns. And it just was as magical for an 18-year-old girl as it (laughs) sounds. So that was my trajectory up until that point. And then what followed is written in the book as well, but really I interned for three more summers in New York. Once I graduated, I got a full-time offer to work for Elizabeth Arden in marketing at their Geneva, Switzerland headquarters. So I was there, it was supposed to be one year, ended up being two years living in Geneva. And after that, I transferred back to the New York head office for Elizabeth Arden. I worked on celebrity and designer fragrances for the brand. I also worked on the skincare team, the cosmetics color marketing team. And after six years in total working for Elizabeth Arden, it was this kind of whisper or this nudge at the back of my head that had always been there. I'd been writing freelance articles on the side. I kept a daily blog throughout those six years. Writing was always something I loved. And finally, it really just became a calling that couldn't be ignored. So Mm -hmm. unbeknownst to anyone, I applied to journalism school and I said, if I don't get in, that's okay. I still have this great career in New York, but if I get in, I'm going to have some tough decisions to make. And I got in and I ended up moving to Boston, more specifically Cambridge, Massachusetts, and attended Harvard University and got my master's degree there. So that's kind of my trajectory for how I got here. Once I graduated, I finished the book, moved back to Toronto, and have been freelancing on the side and trying to get this book published ever since, and we're finally here. That's amazing. That's quite a journey, and I love the fact that you set a goal for yourself to get that internship, and you had the business card on the wall. You visualized where you wanted to be for two and a half years. You knew that this was going to be your major step. And once you were there, you had some really fascinating experiences in New York, in Geneva, and you realized that you wanted to go even deeper in one particular area that you're actually side hustling in. You were freelancing and you were uh, blogging on a daily basis, which is quite a commitment. Yes. Um, And you 
were then able to pursue a master's and become even more confident in your abilities around writing and, and where that can take you next. Once you set your sights on publishing from that decision, what, what were some of the steps that you took that brought you to today? Because there are listeners right now who are on this journey with us, listening and saying, I've been dreaming of writing a book myself for so many years. And maybe they're already listening to your Word Weaver podcast, or maybe is the first time that they're hearing about the book and are trying to uh, position themselves in their mind. How can they become a published writer? Can you walk us through your journey? Absolutely, because this is something I felt before, so I can really relate to that sentiment. And I truly believe that everyone is capable of writing a book. If you can dream it, you can achieve it. But it is, I understand, it's so challenging. You see this mountain ahead of you, and it seems like an impossible task. I actually had the quote, taped to my computer, everything seems impossible until it's done. Hmm. So my advice, and I'm happy to get into more specifics because I have so many tips that I have learned along the way, but really first, it's any goal, you have to take that huge monstrous task and break it down into small, manageable steps. And how do you do that? For me, the important thing is writing a contract with yourself, setting a deadline. Maybe you type it up and you tape it to your bulletin board or you fold it up and put it in your wallet, but you set a deadline for when you want to complete your first draft and when you want to, if you want to be traditionally published, you will need a literary agent when you want to send it out to the agent. And from that step, you have to go even smaller again, break it down further I highly recommend putting this into your calendar, scheduling it on a daily basis and make it a habit because the idea of writing a book, when you just say that and you don't have it scheduled or in your day planner or on your calendar, it's really easy to push it to the wayside. And there's a lot of days you won't be motivated to write, but if you have an hour on your calendar every day, you sit down Neil Gaiman, he's a famous author. I kind of borrowed this from him. On those writing sessions, if you have one hour a day, you go into your office or wherever your writing environment is, and you can do two things. You can either stare at the wall and do nothing, or you can write. And eventually, staring at the wall gets pretty boring, so writing seems the more exciting alternative. You can't scroll, you can't look at your phone, nothing else but doing nothing, or writing, and that really gets that muscle strengthening. So the more you sit down, the easier it is to start. And I think just some other advice. I can get into the minutia yes, if you want a little more. Sure. This helped me break it down further. A book is roughly eighty thousand words. So take that, break it down on a weekly or daily basis. How many words can you write a day? If you look at one typed computer page, it's roughly 250 words. So if your life is busy, you have a full-time job, you have kids, but you still want to write a book, it's absolutely doable with even 250 words a day. You can write one page a day and you'll have a book finished in less than a year, hmm. 320 days to get 80,000 words. But obviously you might have a free weekend and you hit a higher word count and you can write a book faster or more efficiently that way. So that is my biggest kind of specific, tangible tip. And then my last piece of advice is to write now and edit later. 
don't try to self-edit as you go. Give yourself permission to write a really crappy, bad first draft to get it to the end, and you can always come back and finesse it, make those sentences really sing after the fact. That's really helpful. I'm actually reading a book that you recommended, I think on one of your podcast episodes, it's called Bird by Bird. Oh, yes, it's one and, of my favorite writing craft books yes, by Anne it, Lamont. Yes, and it's um, actually very much on the lines of what you're describing, where you just write right now and edit later because you will just get so frustrated with yourself if you try to edit as you're writing, you would really not go very far. And uh, so that's a really helpful train of thought. In terms of your journey as someone who has now published their first book, what would you say has been the most joyful experience over the last few years as you've been going through this journey? And what has been the most difficult aspect of, of the, your journey to becoming a published author? I love that question because there's a lot in there to unpack, but the most joyful part for me, honestly, looking back, was the writing itself. Mm. That's what I fell in love with. I'm an introvert at heart, so I loved those days where I would tune out the white noise of the world and could just focus on creating this world that I was building no outside distractions and those days where the words just flow naturally and you look up and it's been 10 hours and you look at this body of work and mind you some days are not like that I don't want to give anybody these false uh, notions but those were the most enjoyable parts the writing of the book itself and then also right now that it's published it's out in the world I get to share it with my family and friends and hold the physical tangible book that came from nothing, came from my head, and now it's a physical entity. And then the most challenging, there have been a lot of roadblocks and hurdles, and that's the most important advice too, is just to keep going, have that grit and determination. If somebody says no, it's a next. You just keep going until you get to that final end point, and there's multiple roads to get there. But the most challenging was definitely Honestly, it was the publishing process and all of the gatekeepers and how kind of long and archaic this business really is. I didn't know I would have to write so many drafts. So when you write your first book or your first manuscript, there are so many chefs in the kitchen along the way, and the book looks very different from that, and I'm happy it does. I cut all the fat, it's cleaned up, but getting to that point and having to rewrite and rewrite and edit, it's just daunting. By the end, you're kind of like spiraling into madness and you doubt your abilities and... No more tears to shed. Exactly, done. exactly. No more tears <laughs> to shed. Yeah, because writing is subjective. It's not a math problem that there's a right or wrong answer. Everybody has an opinion. So once your literary agent or your editor, your beta readers start getting involved and they all have their own ideas of how the work should go... It was challenging to stand my ground and believe in the final book for five years when they're the experts. There was a lot of times where I struggled with self-doubt and had to get into a good mindset to keep going and keep believing in why I wanted to write this book. Mm -hmm. That's great. And speaking about the why... Is there something that you really wanted to tell the world as you were looking at having this piece of work put forward? 
What was your why? It started with the more I learned about Elizabeth Arden, the woman. She was the wealthiest woman in the world for three decades. She was Canadian-born, but the first female inducted into the U.S. Business Hall of Fame. And she was a suffragette, really one of the earliest feminists who handed out red lipstick in the suffrage marches when red lipstick was a sign of sin. And she kind of used that as an emblem of emancipation for women as they were trying to get the right to vote and be viewed as equal people in the world. So I was fascinated by her stories, and then I was struck by how few know about her. And I couldn't figure out why. I mean, men of her era like Vanderbilt, Henry Ford, Rockefeller, they all have museums, monuments, universities, many historic records about them. And for her, I could only find one outdated autobiography, and it was a dual biography about her and another woman named Helena hmm. Rubinstein. So I was hmm. first struck by how has this woman's story faded from public consciousness? Is it because she's a woman? Is it because she's Canadian? She's from working class roots. She grew up on a farm. Hmm. And it, it started with synchronicities between us. We're both from outside of Toronto. She moved to New York in 1908. I moved there in 2008 exactly 100 years later. And as I was coming of age in the beauty industry for those six years, I really looked to her as this kind of invisible guide of how to be a successful woman in the world. And eventually, you'll see kind of at the end of the book, we start to diverge a little bit. That's why I wanted to write the book, is first to share her story, to prevent it from getting lost in the cracks of history. And then also, I think the lessons that she taught me of how to be successful on your own terms, not what it looks like to other people, but really what does success feel like at the end of the day? I wanted to share those lessons with young girls especially, but anyone who is coming of age or trying to figure out what they want to do in life. Mm, thank you. Taking a, a, a sidestep now into another uh, piece of work that you've been putting forward that people can can look to and learn from is the Word Weaver podcast. This this is a podcast that I've been listening to, and I found a lot of really helpful episodes where sometimes you're co-hosting with somebody else, and you're doing a review of, of another book, or you're doing a deep dive into how to become um, Canadian bestseller. Are there certain lessons that you've learned as you've been producing the podcast? Yeah, so the Word Weaver podcast started as a passion project because it was a resource that I wish I had as I was starting as a writer. All of these different things, like how to become a Canadian bestseller, how to get a literary agent, what is a query letter. I was Googling all of these, and there's so many resources online, and you don't really know which one to believe or which one to trust. And I wanted a place where it was all consolidated and real information from a real person who was going through the publishing journey because it can be very, very lonely. Producing the podcast was a whole new muscle for me as well, new learning curve of how to get a high-quality microphone, how to publish it online, how to get guests in, create the graphics, edit the audio in GarageBand, all of that was new to me. But it was a nice divergence from writing. It gave me another creative outlet to focus on when I was feeling overwhelmed or needed a break from the manuscript and the publishing journey itself 
but it was still related to being an author and writing. That's great. So what's next for Louise? I'm really excited to kind of ride this wave of my first book being out in the world. A lot more press, podcasts. This has been amazing. You're such a great interviewer. More TV, media. And once the world opens up again, I'm most excited to walk into a bookstore and see my book on shelf. I've been dreaming of that day specifically for so long. So that's very exciting. And then I've also just finished the second draft. So it's been edited by my editor and it's ready to go on submission to publishers, publishing houses. My second book is historical fiction. I can say that. Mm -hmm. This book is historical nonfiction, mm -hmm. true story. But I was able to take some liberties in fiction. It was a lot of fun to write. And getting that, my second book deal will be my next focus. That's great. Based on your podcast, I know that you have an interest in fiction. The fact that you're publishing a book in that type of area is great. How can our listeners keep in touch with you? My website is probably the best place to go. It's louiseclairejohnson.com. I kind of think of that as my centralized hub because it has all of my links to my Instagram, which is Louise Claire Johnson. I'm most active on there. My Facebook page and my Twitter account is Louise Johnson TO. And then also the Word Weaver podcast, it's available on all podcast platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, if you have an Android phone. And there's also an Instagram page for the Word Weaver. But all of the show notes are housed on louiseclairjohnson.com. So that's probably the best place. That's great. And I'll definitely link to all of those in the show notes. All right. Well, thank you so much, Louise, for being a guest on the Career Planning Show. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. I really enjoyed speaking with you. We record the Career Planning Show in the podcast booth inside the Staples Studio co-working space located in Midtown Toronto, Canada. Staples Studio not only offers a safe space to work with desks, offices, private phone booths and meeting rooms, they are also connected to the Staples Store, where they have everything you need under one roof. With locations across Canada, Staples Studio is a community to help you work, learn and grow. To learn about their co-working space locations, pricing and amenities, visit studio.staples.ca and book a virtual tour. Thanks for listening to The Career Planning Show. We publish a new episode every Monday. Subscribe now via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcasting platform. Learn more about the show and submit your career planning related questions at rashkanu.com forward slash career planning. That's R-A-S-C-A-N-U dot com forward slash career planning.